It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic Live post-game show where we recap, dissect, and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game. Uh, it's not just a post-game show, it's actually a podcast this year as well. So all of our podcast listeners, we hope you're listening to this either Sunday night, I guess if you're a fiend of the Toronto Raptors, um, or Monday morning um, on your commute to work, at home, whatever you're doing. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi, um, and this live show is normally produced by our show producer, Keon Haddad, but he is off tonight, so it's going to be me. Uh, but the good thing is, I'm not alone. I am with a very good friend of mine, my slander buddy, a guy that if you've ever listened to um, the William Liu show, whether it's uh, on Sportsnet, um, back in the day, Yahoo, even further back, Raptors Republic. Um, I'm here with my slander buddy, Asad, a.k.a. none other than Swar Lasers. Asad, what's up? I'm good, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Um, so we're here to talk about the game, Asad, really quick. Toronto Raptors are defeated by the Bulls 115-98. to That brings their preseason record to 2-2. Two and two. Um and you know what? It's funny because I guess in this game it was a it was a good one to watch because who doesn't want to watch a Demar Derozan return? Who doesn't want to watch? Um, you know, all these Bulls come. Zach Levine played as well. I mean, the Bulls are a fun team to watch. Lonzo Ball wasn't there; he's out with injury. He's going to be gone, I think, until the winter January. Um, but whenever Derozan returns to Toronto, this is the first home game of the preseason so far. Um, all eyes are on him. It was a pretty packed house for a preseason game as well, which is dope to see. Um, Asad, what did you think? Uh, general takeaways really quick. Let's get into the game. General takeaways on this Bulls versus Raptors game. Uh, maybe with the way it started because Fred, man, he looked good early on. Yeah, I think I think it was pretty, pretty obvious that the Raptors starters, basically Nick Nurse said, all right, I'm going to play you guys full tilt. And let's treat this as if it's going to be uh, like a real NBA game, a real yeah. regular season game. They came out and honestly, the first thing I noticed was the focus on pace. The starters were anytime they got a rebound, anytime there was such an intent, get a rebound, look up for the pass or push the ball right away. There was very little hesitating with getting that push started, getting across half with 20 seconds, 22 seconds still on the clock. That was like an intent thing that I noticed that was just across the board, especially in the first half. You noticed the pace was really up there. Um, Fred Van Vliet coming out the gate, hits his first three, looking good. I'll be honest, after the Boston game, I was a little bit worried. So was uh, I. Because so, he, so was he I. wasn't moving that well. And I was like, yeah. why is he moving so like, yeah. uh, you know, not not great. Um, and then, you know, our friend Oren, uh, he replied, he told me yeah. uh, that the Raptors apparently ran a really hectic practice practice earlier that day which makes a little bit more sense why you know so many of the shots are short and you can see less fluid shooting uh today though they came out looking fresh they came out pushing the pace i think the raptor starters uh in general whether shots were going in or not it's preseason so i don't really care much about that to be honest but the type of looks they were getting the ball was moving it wasn't sticking 
They were getting into their offense. They were getting open shots. OG's getting open looks. Fred Van Vliet's getting open catch-and-shoot shots over and over and over again from three. That was all really great to see from the starters. And then defensively, they, you know, they pressed, they were pressed up. They were moving well. They were communicating well. Obviously, there's still stuff that needs to be ironed out. But in terms of like getting ready for the regular season, that was a very impressive showing. Uh, and comparing yeah. it to what we remember game one of the regular season last year, where everything was a mess, the offense was a mess, the defense was a mess. Uh, comparing it to that, uh, definitely a much more focused and uh, you know ready to go Raptors team. We saw it. Yeah, man. Um, you know the thing that I think I was most impressed about is um, that starters finally looking like starters for me at least yeah. because when you watch that game in the beginning um early on it, it seemed like the raptors controlled the pace they were pushing the pace like you said um fred looked so energetic i tweeted about it. he looked like an energizer bunny everything just looked smoother uh crispier with the way he was moving uh his rotations the way he was going downhill um his switches defensively everything looked better for fred van fleet um and then his shot was falling as well and you know uh, us more than anything we're two we're two kind of bigger guys trying to get back into shape uh, did i didn't tell you but this past tuesday i went to a to a basketball run yeah when i tell you my lungs were spent this is a guy who hasn't played ball in two years plus i was absolutely gone um so i'm giving you know watching the last three raptors games before this i was giving the starters a little bit of leeway because i was like you know what these guys maybe haven't played basketball at this uh pace for for quite some time but now i'm looking at it like okay, we're in the fourth preseason game now. It's the Bulls coming up. Something's got to give because against Boston, particularly Fred, like you mentioned, did not look good at all. And that's a, that's been a thing with Fred against Boston, no? Uh, I think so, but also, like, I don't know. It just kind of, like, I find that the Celtics and the Raptors haven't had a good game yeah. where, like, I feel like every time they play, one side's missing a bunch of dudes or coming off injury or coming off some weird stretch or it's a back-to-back -back or something. I feel like we haven't had like an even strength matchup in a long time with the Celtics. Um, so I don't want to make any assumptions like that. Realistically, Fred shouldn't have any trouble if he's hitting his shots. Uh, again, what worried me more was how he was moving that game. Like he was catching, he was getting no separation on his drives. He wasn't even getting like a first step when he was like driving a close on someone closing out. So that worried me a little bit because he just didn't look as zippy. Um, if you remember at the start of last season, one of the things that made Fred look so special, he looked very zippy in the half court. Like he was able to kind of cut through and slice through, uh, break through doubles, um, you know, break through traps, really able to like make things happen in the half court just with his movement, with his speed, right? Whether or not he's making layups or not, just how he's zipping through in, into little gaps. And we didn't see that in Boston. We didn't really see that in the first preseason game we played either. So tonight though, you saw him moving with like purpose, moving with pace and like, those might not be like, you know, stat type things. You're not going to see that on the stats. But that's what you kind of want to see from Fred Van Vliet going into the season. Like, all right, this guy looks healthy again, looks good again. And again, like the type of threes that Fred was getting tonight, there was one stretch in the back half of the second quarter where like clearly the starters are starting to get tired because they all played like 20 minutes in the first half. Yeah. And Fred like clanked short or side rim on like four straight catch and shoot looks, which is just like, and look, I think two of them were like, same possession. Like, he missed the first one. They got the rebound. They got it back to him. Same spot. He gets to take it again. Yeah. And, like, usually that happens regular season. He's nailing the first one. And if he doesn't nail the second one, he gets a second shot. It's, like, guaranteed to go in, right? Yeah. Um, and those are all short rim, side rim. So that's all conditioning to me. But those yes. are great looks that the offense is generating. And I'm like, that's good. All right? Like, I'm and, looking and, at the and, starters. And they're generating good stuff. 
and that's that's what really gets you excited for this team moving forward. Yeah, and and this this also it was the was the thing that this is the reason why I mentioned for two guys who haven't played basketball in quite a while, yeah. those first two runs you play are great. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not bad. The first one's not bad. You know, you feel your you've got your legs underneath you. Um, might I add really quickly in these first two runs, uh, two game winners for me. Uh, oh. the, the games were dead at seven. It was, it was fives, so it was, it was good. But let me tell you, after those two games, I said, my legs were gone. I was front-rimming everything. Uh, it was bad. So this is the thing. This is why I mentioned this, because for Fred, I think, uh, especially later in the year for the 2021 season, we saw a very tired and sluggish Fred. Um, and I don't really blame Nick Nurse for that really at all because Fred, you know, he has such he has such an importance to this team and the way this team runs, the way the systems run, the switching, everything. Um, he has a massive role and he's going to have a massive role this upcoming season as well. Um, and I think a lot of it, like you said, just comes down to conditioning, not just for Fred, but for the starters. I think a lot of them look like they had tons of energy. Pascal, um, I mentioned on Twitter how, you know, one of Pascal's best traits is his ability to attack downhill when the defense defense isn't set. When um, you know you get into a half court setting, I still do think Pascal um, is one of the best um, advantage creators in the league. Um, he forces defenses to clinch, and he almost always finds the open guy who on the first on the first rotation defensively isn't really open. But when the ball starts swinging, you find that guy whether whether it's at the corner, the forty five, at the top. Um, Pascal's great at that, but what he's even better at is when, you know, and, and I mentioned, I, I think also you saw this tweet as well, how I feel like inherently Kyle Lowry has instilled this within Fred and Pascal. When you grab a rebound they they are running. They yeah. do not let you get set. Pascal's going downhill and going downhill for Pascal. He's one of the best players I think in the league going downhill. Um, he can hit you with a Euro spin, you know, his patented spin that all, non-Raptors fans go crazy about and um, claim that's his only move um, when in reality I genuinely think he has probably the best spin move in the league um, if not you know top three um, such a hard move to guard if you play pickup basketball a lot and there's a guy who has a really good spin move I mean good luck because your momentum's going one way and he's going to throw the other way and the thing about Pascal's spin move is it would be more of a problem if he only spun one way but he yeah. spins both ways. Yeah. He yeah. will stop and start and spin both ways and change his feet to change his angles. It's incredible the way he did it. Really, all he's doing is he keeps pushing downhill. It's almost like watching like you know like like a fourth quarter drive in an NFL game where it's just like you've got like you're just constantly pushing right. Like you yeah. keep making the small pass, making that small rush, whatever it is. But really, like one of my favorite things when I see Pascal Siakam grab a rebound, and go down, is he's so good at taking that first bump like at the three point line or just outside the three point line. Turning around the guy, because usually the defender is just bumping and then tagging back to mm-hmm. who they're supposed to guard, and then hitting the paint again, where he just yeah. uh, basically hits a second drive, right? And he keeps yeah. his momentum. Everything's going, then he's able to chop the steps and go, right? And again, like when we talk about the starters as a whole, whether it was Scotty catching the ball, looking up to pass it, OG catching the re- like there was a play, I think third quarter, OG grabs a rebound and just boom, instant off the rebound, whips it to Pascal at half court. The ball's over half of 22 seconds left on the clock. Like that stuff where it's just like, if you can f- get your pace to that and you can play with that type of pace with the way the Raptors are, they can keep attacking in semi-transition and get a lot of easy buckets, which will make up for some of the half-court issues they might have. I'm still a mite on any half-court issues because I do think that the starters, at least today, in the half-court, maybe the results weren't there on paper because they missed a lot of open threes. But the amount of open threes that OG and Fred got today 
in a half court set Insane. from the starters, it was it was incredible. Like those are the looks that you're going to live with because those are your best shooters. Great stuff from them. Um, I see somebody just commented Siakam was three for six on free throws. I'll be real <laughs> with you. Like, I don't really care about Pascal's touch in the first couple games of anything he plays because this man yeah. is the most rhythm player I've ever seen. Whether it's he gets a break for the all-star break or he sits a couple games out with injury, it takes him like a game or two just to get that touch back. And with free throws, again, a lot of it's touch. And usually what he does, he does like a side rim, back rim out. So it's just yeah. like, all right, clearly like his fingers aren't there yet. I'm sure like three, four games in, he'll be fine. So will Pascal be ready to go out the gates? I don't know. But I can tell you, promise you by like the fourth or fifth game of the season, Pascal is going to be great. So I'm not too worried about any of that touch stuff. Uh, Usman, really quick, um, yep. on the other side of the coin, there was a certain guy who returned to Toronto who's become like a folk hero of sort uh, in this city. Um, DeMar DeRozan returned. And whenever DeMar DeRozan comes back to Toronto – whether it's a preseason game, it could be anything. Honestly, at this point, as long as it's versus the Toronto Raptors, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be in Toronto at this point. Um, Toronto fans absolutely adore DeMar DeRozan, uh, at least the vast, vast majority of them do. Um, DeMar's return, this guy, he's he's just a vintage scorer, man. Like, I watch this guy, and his ability to just manipulate defenders is... Um, dare I say it, Kobe-like. Like, it's very scary how he can manipulate defenders. Um, he got, I think it was Scotty Barnes on a on a, on a a little pump fake, and Scotty went up, and it wasn't even really, I wouldn't even consider it a pump fake. I said it was more like a little little hesitation, you know, you just a little yeah. shoulder fake. And DeMar obviously is well-known as one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. And Scotty just left his arm just barely, barely just above his shoulder in that arm area. And DeMar Rosen took advantage. Um, he does that to every player in the league. What did you think about DeMar's return um, to Toronto? Were you happy? Were you happy to watch the guy? Hey, DeMar's always fun to watch. Like, even when he was a Raptor, like, people used to say it's just not an aesthetically pleasing player, which is, I think, the most ridiculous thing to say oh about DeMar Oh, my Rosen. gosh. Come the on. man has always been, like, the way that he kind of cruises in between the lane and he'll, like, yeah. you know, go fishing with the ball. It, it's amazing the way he cuts in and out of the mid-range. I personally love watching DeMar DeRozan play. I just think he's so smooth with his handle. Uh, and, you know, people can say whatever they want about DeMar, but the fact of the matter is he's, like, mastered his craft. He knows exactly yeah. what to do in his game. The fact of the matter is that he'll get a defender on his hip, and he can pivot either way, and he has a move to go to to get to his shot. Uh, and, like, you see that now. It's just someone who's in complete mastery of, like, their element. And... I have no complaints whenever it comes to watching DeMar DeRozan play. I enjoy him a lot. Um, it was also fun seeing OG lock him down a couple of possessions and you oh, know, yeah. hit him with a pick six. Uh, and then DeMar got him back in the third quarter with a pick six yeah. himself. So, yeah. you know, it's it's fun. It's always fun to see a DeMar DeRozan matchup. Um, and I just love the guy. Like, he's he's so much fun to watch play. And people can talk about him being a playoff rod or whatever all that is. But I'll be real with you. I think DeMar is, as a basketball player, as good as it can get for what he is. Like his three point shooting, whether it's there or not, doesn't matter because he's just so good at all the other basketball things when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think people have been so um, focused, hyper focused on what Demar Rosen cannot do in his career, um, and he's just proved to genuinely um, be one of the best scorers I think in of this era. To be quite honest, and a guy for a guy who 
um, has developed his game so well. We saw it in his final couple of years in Toronto, and then he moved over to San Antonio. He looked really good in San Antonio, finally ends up in Chicago. Um, he's just a guy that I think Bulls fans are just so happy with. San Antonio fans loved him as well. Greg Popovich loved him in San Antonio. Um, I love watching DeMar Rosen. Do I love watching him score on the Toronto Raptors? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I mean, sometimes, to be quite honest, I mean, the Chris Boucher dunk was, was pretty good. The, the mid-range jumpers over these guys are pretty damn good. But, um, you know, DeMar Rosen, you got you to gotta give him his kudos for how he played. I think he had 21 points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was a plus 12, eight rebounds and eight assists in just 27 minutes. Seven for 12 from the field. He shot seven free throws. Just your typical DeMar DeRozan um, performance. Um, did have four turnovers, but I mean, it is what it is at that point. Um, DeMar was great. I, I, I loved him. And we're not going to go player by player for the Bulls because it is a preseason game and no Raptors fans trying to hear about um, five Bulls players in a row. Um, also, on, for the Raptors side, you're watching this entire game from start to finish. Fred started off the game really hot. Then you had Gary Trent Jr. come in, light the second quarter on fire. Um, and then in the second half, in typical preseason fashion, you see the Raptors go with their second string guys, their third string guys. I mean, <laughs> you saw everybody. I'll, I'll say one and, thing. like Things yeah. slowed down, but I do yes. think like part of it was just like, it's very specific to preseason. Because again, like you saw the units that were out there, who were the guys that were actually using possessions and taking like taking possessions, right? You had DJ Wilson, Josh Jackson, Justin Champagny, Delano Banton using up all the possessions, right? When they were out there. Yeah. What do all those and, and precious Chua while he's out there for a bit? But um, then once they sat him, he was fine. All those guys have one thing in common. They're all fighting for the last couple of spots, right? Delano Banton's obviously a lock. Justin Champagny, we have no idea. First eight minutes that he's played. Um, I personally hope he makes the team. And then DJ Wilson and Josh Jackson. The fact that those two guys are out there in the fourth quarter and they're using every possession when you have Jeff Doughton out there, you have Gabe Brown out there, uh, you know, other guys who we've seen in fourth quarters, you know, do some things just as recently as the Boston game, right? Yeah. Clearly, it's like those guys were like, all right, these are guys who don't have contracts, have, you know, trying to make the team. They're going to get the users. They're going to get the plays. So you're seeing a lot of forced plays from them. Um, again, who cares? It's preseason at the end of the day. Uh, but what I will say before we get there is uh, third quarter, like I just want to talk about Delano Banton, how oh, yeah. incredible he's been. And one of the biggest things I've seen with Delano is in the half court, he is no longer turning his back to his defender when he's dribbling the ball. He's dribbling the ball straight up. He's not as worried about getting the ball stripped from him. And when his defender does push up and reach, Delano is comfortable enough with his dribble to say, all right, no, I'm blowing by you. I'm getting to the paint. The man has one goal on offense every single time. And that is let me hit the paint and create yeah. motion. If I hit the paint, pass, reset it. There was one play in the third or fourth quarter. Delano catches it on the 45. Beats his man, drives to the middle, kicks it out to the corner to OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi pump fakes the three. Defense closes. They weren't perfectly spaced. Scotty was in the dunker, I think, or someone was in the dunker spot. There were three guys basically defending in the corner. So OG kicks it back out to Delano at the 45. Delano resets it, drives again. This time when he drives, I, I forget if he had a layup or if he had a dump off pass or something. They get something good out of it. That's, again, like you want to see some half-court point guard skills. That's what Delano can do. Delano's really good at driving. He's really good at getting level. There was uh, something Zach Lowe used to say about Brandon Ingram, who's another very long player, where it was like Brandon Ingram will trick defenders where when he's driving on you and you're shoulder to shoulder, as a defender, you think, all right, I'm even with the guy. But mm -hmm. because Brandon Ingram's so long, all he does is yep. extend his arm all and he's at the rim. All he has right? to do. 
So you're seeing that with Delano Banton. How many times tonight was Alex Caruso shoulder to shoulder with him as he's driving by him and then boom, Delano's at the rim. So just incredible to see Delano. He looks a lot stronger with the ball when he's dribbling and driving. He's driving with the shoulders straight up like he's um, not off balance at all. And those are all really positive things to do. Him being able to attack like that, it's a game changer for the Raptors in terms of having someone off the bench who can kind of do that. We're seeing, like when you see those bench units come in and it's preseason, so they're trying things out. But the two guys that you've seen kind of play make and attack from the 45 off the bench have been Precious Achua and Delano Banton. Precious kind of iffy most of the time. It's because he has a gap. So he's attacking the gap, using a hop step, drawing into and either throwing up a floater, throwing up a layup, or then making a pass out of it, right? Precious is a little bit more tunnel vision. Delano, though, done some great stuff off it. If he can yeah. keep playing with this type of aggression and that time of like, like I think I called him a homing missile towards the rim. You did. Just, you did, and I, and I laughed. Yeah. Directly <laughs> going to the back of the yeah. rim every single time. That's all he's focused on. Uh, and, you know, he's shown us a little bit of like, you know, a step back midi from like 12, 14 feet as well, and a little floater um, in the paint. Those are all things that like, hey, if he can do that come regular season, that is a great punch off the bench that you can get. Also, love the pairing of Precious and Delano Yes, off the bench. There was one yes. play in the second quarter, because they were going this way. Uh, Precious grabs the rebound, starts pushing it. Precious super fast. And Delano's already leaking and going. So Precious usually, when he runs with the ball, he just goes all the way because he's faster than everybody. Yeah. Then he's at half court, he sees, oh, Delano's already like three quarters of the court down. Hits Delano on the league. Delano finishes with the Euro layup left hand. I'm like, damn, that is pace. Like, I think maybe four seconds off the shot clock, catching it from the rim and going. Incredible play to watch. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, so, yeah, by far, I think the high- highlights of the bench guys, Delano Banton, by far. He's looked amazing and a lot of stuff that looks repeatable in an NBA setting. Yeah, I mean, it also it also helps with the bench d- did struggle a lot in this game, but Delano Benton his his um his game has taken I think a new level. I think his confidence has as well. We see in the off season he played in that America Cup tournament. He did really well in it. I think he was named to the to the best five, um, the best starting lineup or whatever. I don't know what they called it, but uh, Delano Benton played really well. Um, and now we're seeing a new confidence, and we saw what the Raptors nine oh five tried to do last season, have him go down there in Mississauga. You know, um, in the it's called Paramount Center, right? It's called Paramount, just right across the <laughs> Paramount Osmos. Paramount Food Center. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right across the Osmos. They told him go down there, shoot 15 threes, and then we'll get you back up here in a week. All right, just just keep doing that every game. Um, and Delano, yeah, he's one of those guys, just way, way in his first rookie season, he, he was just way, way, way too good for the G League. Um, so the Raptors at that point probably knew they could do something with that. Had a very good offseason, like I said, in the America Cup. Um, confidence at an all-time high comes into this uh, Bulls game, like you said, homing missile, downhill threat, um, just fits what the Raptors want to do. Um, but the biggest question and, and what people um, have been, um, I guess, I don't want to say harping on him for, but it's been his biggest concern so far is how he would fit in the half court. Um, I think most people believed said that he would have a role on this team in his second season. Uh, minimal, but he would have a role. He'd make the team. Um, how big, Asad, and we don't want to overreact too much, um, but how big do you think his role can get? Because a lot of people love to kind of just focus on backup point guard, but the Raptors have three or four point guards in reality, maybe four or five, to be honest. And they don't really um, kind of constrict themselves to these roles, right? Yeah. So, so Delano, for me, do you watch him and go, 
this guy could be a 10 to 15 minute guy for the Raptors this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so like tonight was a good example because you had uh, Chris Boucher out with a hamstring injury. Hopefully that yeah. doesn't take too long. But again, you have two guys that are going to be regular rotation guys that are out and Otto Porter and Chris Boucher. So two out of your nine main guys are out uh, with like, I would assume the core six plus that Otto and Boucher are usually what I see as being the nine like stamped rotation guys. Two of those nine are out. That's probably what you're going to see in the regular season, right? Like any given day, there might be a guy resting. There might be a guy hurt. So two of your nine might be gone. In that situation, first four guys off the bench, Juancho Hernan Gomez, let's not talk about that. Uh, nope. Thad Young, Delano Banton, and Precious Achua. Those are the four off the bench. And in that lineup, you saw Delano Banton being one of the guys to push the pace. The fact of the matter is the way the Raptors team plays, offensive rebounds, pushing the pace. That's what they want to do, especially with the bench. That really cuts down on how much half-court basketball they have to play is getting on transition. So I think Delano definitely has a role because he's so good at that. Also, what I noticed Delano do today, he crashed the, he crashed the defensive glass a few times. Also crashed the offensive glass. Uh, yeah, he had the one putback uh, dunk or layup. I forget what it was, but where basically, like, if you look at Alex Caruso's face when Delano Benton crashes as he's Stop going for the ball, picking on out, Alex Caruso, man. Leave him alone. Well, that's the well, that's the <laughs> thing, right? Like, I, I don't want to pick on Alex Caruso. Love him, yeah. but also yeah. that that's his matchup, right? He's the one guarding Delano Benton because Delano Benton's yeah. the point guard in that lineup. And then you realize the dude's six nine, long as hell. And yeah. that's those are the type of mismatches where, hey, if Delano Benton's that quick and he's attacking the offensive glass and being boxed out by a little guard that's being put on him. Those are advantages you can create, right? So I definitely think Delano has a role. Um, even without the injuries, I think Delano has a role uh, where if the Raptors are – like, I see Delano as being a guy who can become a lead extender on the bench, right? Where, like, yeah. you have a good lead and you know that, okay, I can grab the starters some rest here. You throw out Delano Banton out there, maybe you don't – maybe you go with an all-bench lineup, right? Maybe. Uh, iffy on that because who knows about the shooting. But, hey, if Fresh is having a good day, Boucher's having a good day, maybe you can go all bench. You have enough shooting there. Um, and then Delano's a guy you can trust with extended minutes, right, 10, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, but I do like Delano's pace. It's also in a game where maybe Precious doesn't have it that day. He's making really bad offensive decisions. Or maybe Boucher doesn't have it that day. Or whatever, Thad Young is hesitating too much when he catches the ball at three-point line. Like those are like small things, right? Small gripes, but game to game, you might have fluctuation. That's where you can throw into Delano and be like, "All right, push the pace." Or yeah. the Raptors are kind of exactly. Anytime yeah. you feel like the Raptors are getting bogged down, it's like Delano Benton's like your instant energy plug to kind of burst through, right? Yeah, Delano Benton is the is the Toronto Raptors Red Bull. Um, I don't want to focus on this too much, Asad, but um, yeah. the bench did struggle in the second half in this game. Um, which it kind of flipped because in the preseason so far, it's kind of been the bench holding the Raptors up and the starters kind of looking out of sync a bit. Um, but now we are a full four games in. The Raptors are two and two. And for me, I look at this bench um, and I don't want to make, you know, any sweeping, sweeping generalizations just yet. But I think <clears throat> for me, at least, there are some guys that you could probably say are on the outside looking in. For this bench, uh, for this roster, sorry, I should say, uh, like you said, Delano Banton is a lock. Um, you know, Juan Hernan Gomez, I believe, does have a guaranteed contract. Obviously, Christian Coloco is a lock as well. Justin Champagny, you're not 100% sure. Um, but guys like Josh Jackson, Jeff Doughton, you know, Ron Harper Jr., who's looking a lot like he's going to be that two-way guy for the Raptors. Um, what do you think about guys like Josh Jackson, you know, um, Gabe Brown, uh, Jeff Doughton, do you think any of them kind of sealed their fate 
tonight with their performance? Or? Uh, well, I think the two-way guys are the two-way guys. I don't know about Rod yeah. Harper Jr. I think he, I'd assume they they brought him in. They're going to keep him as a two-way guy. I think Jeff Doughton, he's going to be a two-way guy this season. He might see some minutes if Flair. The Raptors, you know, have a couple of, you know, outages, have a couple of injuries. You can see him being pulled up. I think he's definitely going to be in the in the system, though. Um, in terms of Josh Jackson, I got to be honest with you. I think, yes, his um, his athleticism is, you know, very electric and it's eye-popping to see. But then the man get to the spot and a lot of times that shot's not going in. Uh, yeah. There's one point in this yeah. game where I'm just like, man, like I get that Josh Jackson's open in the corner yeah. for three. But also, you get to a certain point where that's a turnover. So, mm-hmm. like, if you pass it to him because it's a missed shot. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yo, you know, all to Josh Jackson, I'm sure that he can be a helpful part of a team. I don't know if we need him on this team. Yeah. Uh, and it's like he has to be playing his best game to even, like, get any minutes on the court, right? So his average game probably isn't going to be good enough. I personally don't think I would see him on the team past training camp. Uh, DJ Wilson is a guy I personally think I wanted on the team being in that last spot uh, over like a Wancho Hernan Gomez. Personally, I just think DJ Wilson gives you something more dynamic than Hernan Gomez does, who just gives you one element, which is just, you know, take a catch and shoot three. And hey, if he shoots at 40%, that's incredible. But if he's shooting one for three on wide open looks every night, that's an issue, right? Uh, I think the other night in Houston, he got, it was like within three minutes against Houston where he had three straight looks from the right wing wide open, nobody near him. And he went one for three on those looks. And I'm just like, man, when you're the spot, like your only role is to be a specialty shooter and you're not making those shots. Like it becomes, it becomes iffy, right? Like, it's not like he's giving you anything special on the defensive end. He's not giving you plus rebounding or anything like that. I mean, that's, Um, that's why Matt Thomas stayed on the team for so long, right? He he just did his job. He came in. They're like, Hey, just hit the open three, and he was doing like it. If Matt, then... if Matt Thomas was like two or three inches taller, you know, he would yeah. have stayed on the team. Unfortunately, exactly. he yeah. basically could only shoot the ball, get a shot off if he was wide open. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, he had to pump and pump and go. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like the end of the bench, guys. I think I personally would like to see it being Wancho and Josh Jackson get cut, and then you get Champagne, Banton, and DJ Wilson in those final three spots. I can see Wilson and Wancho being the flip there. I think the Raptors might keep Wancho just because. It's shooting and the specter of, you know, space. But I would like to go back and look at the footage and see how much how much um, respect teams' defenses actually give Wancho Hernan Gomez. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that he's been left wide open. <laughs> and if, like, again, like, if he's hitting them, that's great. But if you're not even getting, like, the respect from another team's defense, then the only spacing you're really giving is by actually hitting the shot. Otherwise, you're just uh, making it harder for people to operate. So that's that's not only out there. Unless you watch the movie Hustle, because if you watch the movie Hustle, you're not you're not leaving Bo Cruz open. Uh, (laughs) People are already making those jokes as they're watching this live. And for our podcast listeners, if you haven't watched Hustle with Adam Sandler and Bo Cruz, otherwise known as Juancho Hernan Gomez, watch it because it's a very very good movie. yeah, I mean that that's a good point. I mean, if you leave them open all season, because at this point, most Raptors fans would probably agree, analysts, writers would probably agree, he's gonna be on the team. Um, and there's gonna be moments where he gets those minutes. And if Nick Nurse goes, you know what? Why don't you I'm gonna play you six minutes tonight, and you're probably gonna get two wide open looks, 
three wide open looks and he hits one of those three, then like you said, we're, we're going to have issues if that keeps happening. Right. Um, but if he doesn't, and he just becomes that specialty shooter, he's going to stick. I mean, that's just, that's just how it goes with the nature of the Raptors. It's such a competitive roster. Um, Pascal, OG, Scotty, Fred, Gary, that's five. And then you have Thad, Precious. Um, that's, that's seven already. Delano's been playing really well this offseason. That's eight. You have Christian Coloco, who's nine. Ken Birch, ten. It's tough. Like, those are already and you didn't ten even, guys. And you didn't even mention Otto and Boucher in there. So oh, yeah. That's Otto 12. And you're 12 oh. deep, right? Like, you're 12 deep. And then if, like, Malachi was playing well, too. Like, the thing is, like, you got your core nine, right? You got the core six. Then you get Thad, Boucher, Otto. That's nine. Then you have yeah. Ken Birch, Delano, Malachi. That's 12. So, at that oh. point, there's no real minutes to actually go around. So any of the last three guys are really just injury replacement. So the way I look at it, Justin Champagne is a change of pace guy that can get you offensive rebounds. He's a he's a he's your, he's a spark plug type player, right? If you're having a low game, you throw Justin Champagne in there, you know he's going to get on the glass, you know he's going to do some things, um, maybe change the energy of a lineup, right, for five to ten minutes. DJ Wilson, I look at him as being like he can basically be a you know bootleg Kem, a bootleg Thad. Uh, a bootleg Chris Boucher for like five to 10 minutes in a game, right? Like literally just a backup for those guys as an injury replacement. And then your third guy yeah. who would be the 15th guy is Christian Coloco. Christian Coloco is again, your okay. specialty big, right? Like uh, development piece. He's your rookie. We're going to build him. Also Christian Coloco. I just want to say like, he played a little bit today um, on offense, had no idea where he had to be. Uh, <laughs> he just ran to the dunker spot. He's lost. like, am I in the right dunker spot or am I in the wrong dunker spot? What side am I supposed to be on? Very yeah. much lost, but, Hey, it's fine. You know, I think that that unit that was where Scotty got hurt um, early in the third quarter, where he just kind of went out uh, for a little bit, and they put Christian Coloco in there with the starters, and you know, it that didn't go all that well. And you can look at the starters and blame the starters for that, but if you just watch how the offense was running, Coloco was kind of late to whatever spot he was supposed to be by like not one step, but like two steps, three steps late. Uh, There's one where the play broke down. OG Ananobi drives. Draws all three defenders to him. The baseline cut is open. Christian Coloco is two steps late to that baseline cut. Doesn't fully commit. OG throws the pass, expecting him to be there. He's not there as a turnover. So, um, or it might have just, just gone out of bounds. Just the little things he has to learn. Well, these are the little things, right? Like, those are things yeah. that are going to come with experience. But, again, long way away from playing uh, yeah. big minutes of the club. But he looked pretty good defensively. He had a block. Um, did some decent stuff in drop coverage. Was able to switch freely. Again, Coloco moves pretty well. So I do – I'm still very high on him. Someone just said Coloco over under 60 games played. Uh, bro, you could make that six games played, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um... <laughs> Are we talking 905 or are we talking uh, – what, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, if you're saying yeah. career, I think he's definitely going to play more than 60 games in his NBA oh, career, though. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, we're, we we look at Christian Coloco. I mean, we're we're excited for him. The flashes are there. What, whenever you can get a guy, um, you know, in that late first round, early second round area, um, all you really want is just flashes. Yeah. Can this guy do one thing really, really, really well, and then can we just develop the rest? Um, if you remember us when we traded for, um, I think it was to the Milwaukee Bucks, we traded Grievous Vasquez for Norman Powell. If I'm not mistaken, was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. So. We traded Norman, and, and he was just, at that point, just an athletic specimen in, in the second round. There wasn't much, uh, there's there's quite a bit of fine-tuning the Raptors had to do. He had absolutely no shot. You look back now, I was looking at his stats a couple of days ago. Norman Powell is, is almost, a, I believe, a career 40% three-point shooter. He's in that range now. 
shout out to the Raptors development staff because that I would have never thought in a million years after watching his rookie year that this guy would be a career 38 to 42 percent uh three point shooter. Um I'm, I'm, and also, I'm just quick on, on Norm Powell, I just want to say this yeah, yeah. Norm yeah. Powell is not only a 40% three-point shooter, but he's a 40% yeah. two-motion three-point shooter. Yep. The fact that he's a two, like, because he jumps so high on his shot, I can't believe that he has a two-motion three-point shot in this day and yeah. age. Because almost everyone's a one-motion shooter, right? Because that's an yeah. easier way to shoot the three-ball. You get more power. It's more consistent. Two-motion is insane. Like, shout-out Norm Powell, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it might, it might become one-motion if once he starts growing and those legs start getting a bit older, but you never know. <laughs> Norm Powell, I believe... Um, I believed in his work ethic so much. I remember when we first traded him. Now we're going into like Norm Powell, like lore here with the Raptors. But really quick to end off on Norm Powell, when we first traded for him, I remember nonstop the Raptors players couldn't stop talking about his work ethic. And I was like, you know what? I think the Raptors got a a pretty good role player out of this. You know, he's never going to be a starter. He might be a pretty good role player. And here we are. Guys, probably going to be starting on the Clippers this year, who might just (laughs) be the one, two, or three seed in the West. So, um, uh, so, is there anything else you want to kind of end off on? Um, I know oh, the there's there's only have... one thing I want to talk about. We were only talking about one Bulls player and DeMar Rosen. There is one. Yeah. I just want to talk about the fourth quarter again. I, I know Because Javante yeah. Green yes. gave us the business. First of all, yeah. like, yo, he is my favorite Bulls player. Every time we played the Bulls, like, last year, yeah. I'm just watching Javante Green. I'm like, man, I love this guy. He is, like, your prototypical perfect role player. Like, the three-point shot may be iffy, I think, year to year. I don't know what his numbers are. I looked at them a while ago. But... The guy is stout defensively, P.J. Tucker-type build. Today he showed off quite a bit of athleticism. Those dunks were crazy. Taking people off the dribble is insane. Uh, Javante Green, again, complete journeyman through his career. I think he played in Europe for a bit, China a bit. I don't I don't remember. He's played abroad. I think he's like 27. or I feel like I'm right on that. I think he's like uh, in his late 20s or whatever. But really hope that that guy – I think that guy's going to have a long NBA career because he plays like playoff role player level. Uh, like he's a playoff – Playoff caliber role player. Um, love his game entirely. And he just showed out today. He took the Raptors to work, uh, which is quite funny. Uh, but love Javante Green. Just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Also, I know a lot of people talking about backup point guard or whatever. Um, shout out to Yusuf Hall getting back out there, working out. Uh, yeah, good, to see Shel- good to see Shelvin Mack making a comeback. Yeah. Maybe he can run back a point for the Raptors at one point. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Otherwise, in terms yeah. of... That's all I got to say in terms of things to plug or anything like that. Uh, follow yeah. me on Twitter. I am public now, so you can follow me on Twitter at Aswar Lasers. Yeah, yeah. I took it off private. Hey! That's oh, what man. I'm talking about. Finally. It took you longer. No, you get off probation. You can do that. It's all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. Shoot me a follow at Aswar Lasers. I'm doing – I might do it. I might follow through. I might not. I'm doing, like, unstructured Raptors content just, like, in blog form. So, I'll post it here and there. It's kind of more like notebook style. So I did I did one quick uh, thing that was just uh, talking about the Raptors starters uh, rotation, what the minutes are going to look like, and like kind of just like what the thought process is. My thought process is between Gary or Precious starting. Uh, personally, I'm still T. I think Gary should still start. Uh, yeah, so if you do. disagree with me, go give it a read and yell at me. I'll be happy to hear you guys out. Uh, and then call you guys out for you know being stupid, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, that's all I got right you, now. I'm with yeah. you. Um, before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel. This was the wrap up your official Raptors Republic post game live show where your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Chicago Bulls and our hero Demar Derozan, one fifteen to ninety eight, bringing the Raptors record to two and two in the preseason. The last preseason game is Friday. 
Uh, I believe it's in Montreal versus the Boston Celtics. Um, the live show was not produced by Keon Haddad. It was produced by myself. Uh, when Keon's here, you guys are going to see a lot more clips, a lot more funny tweets on Twitter. You might see uh, Usad's tweets here. Uh, but that was it for myself. Sahal Abdi again here with my guest, Usad Alvi. Um, we'll hopefully see you guys Friday night. I believe it should be um, myself, uh, Oren, and maybe a couple others uh, there. But it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Last preseason game, and it's versus Boston and Montreal. If you live in Montreal and you're and you're listening or watching this, um, let us know if you're going to make the game. Tweet us at Raptors Republic. Tweet me, Sahal Abdi. Tweet Swar Lasers. Um, we're all going to be watching that game. It should be really fun. Um, take care, just, guys. Just yeah. a quick shout out before you call it. Shout out Adam O in the chat. He said he liked and subscribed. I want to see everybody else liking and subscribing. My man Sahal has been working great. Everybody yeah. on Wrap Up Live has been great. It's a great show they're putting together for everybody. So give it a like, subscribe, and follow Wrap Up Live all year. This is the place to be live yes. post games. All right. And I want to see everybody back here again um, throughout the season. All right. Take care.